Welcome back for the 2023 season of the Therapy Dogs Australia podcast. We're kicking this year off with something a little different. Sam has been working on a passion project which has finally come to fruition. Wild at Heart Horses is now the sister company to Therapy Dogs Australia with an initiative to provide comprehensive training options for therapists who are looking to expand into or further their skills in the field of equine assisted therapy. It's a good one, you guys. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode in 2023 with Therapy Dogs Australia. You've got Sam, who's the owner of Therapy Dogs Australia. Hello, everybody. And myself, Maxine. I'm the social media manager for Therapy Dogs Australia. Um, And we're going to kickstart this um, new year talking about something to do with animal assisted therapy, but it's actually equine assisted therapy. Um, we're going to discuss Sam's passion project that's now really coming to life, um, which is pretty exciting. So it's a, a bit of a new year, new project situation. Yes. Very exciting. Do you want to, um, kick us off, Sam? Yes. So, uh, we've been being asked by uh, all of our sort of people that contact us and our course students and graduates and things like that. I talk about uh, equine assisted therapy quite a bit uh, mm-hmm. in our dog courses as well because uh, I offer both canine and equine um, and sometimes I've got better examples or demonstrations from something that's happened more recently in an equine session And from those conversations, people have been asking and asking, you know, are you going to offer equine stuff? Are you going to offer equine stuff? And I've been saying, I don't really have time, but, you know, we'll do something, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, But so, you know, I still don't have time, but we're going to do it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Squeezing it in. (laughs) Just really sick of hearing everybody ask about it. Okay, fine. Fine, I'll just do it. Oh, fine. Sick of getting peer pressured. So um, I'm a bit excited because uh, I don't do things unless I think I should do them. And I'm the kind of person that, um, you know, if I don't feel comfortable talking about something or, you know, talking to other people about things, then I won't do it. So, you know, that's the real reason that I've sort of held off a bit is because you want to make sure that you um are happy with what you're doing and how it's going and all that sort of stuff and uh I am I'm really happy with my horses I'm really happy with uh the stuff that I'm doing with my horses with my clients and I am super passionate about um this sort of little area that I've ended up in which is working with brumbies so we're going to talk a bit more about that today because I just really like talking about it uh, <laughs> and it kind of sets us apart as well from other equine assisted therapy yeah. um, people out there, programs out there is because, yeah, we've got to focus on Brumbies especially. That's it. So, um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many options like you got, you know, and, and there should be, there should mm-hmm. be so many options. The If you're first off stuff, when you're first entering this industry, you know, dogs are a bit funny and different because we've got to um, certify the dog and all that sort of stuff. So we've got to train and assess them and make sure that they've got the right temperament and, the, and that kind of thing. Um, but once you've, once you're a dog handler, you're, you're a team, the 
professional development's what we're, we need in this industry for us to keep moving forward all the time. So the more organizations and companies that come about that are offering just an insight into what they do. So it, whether it's a two-hour workshop or a two-day workshop, uh, the more that professionals can share what they are doing, then we can go along and support each other and we can go and learn um, what other people are doing. You're networking, like you're going to, if you're going to go and do an animal assisted therapy professional development, then you're going to make friends because we're all, you know, people that are obsessed with animals and therapy stuff. So yeah, you find your people, <laughs> you got everything in common. So um, you know, like the more that we can do that sort of stuff, the better. And the, the equine industry is quite full. So, you know, there's multiple options that people can do and stuff like that. I'm not looking to uh, do the same thing that we do with Therapy Dogs Australia with the horses. Uh, it's going to be a bit different and it will be a little bit more like professional development style um, because I think that that's where um, that's what people need is to be able to diversify and really start to generalize their skill set across an, the animal industry. Mm-hmm. When you're a, a clinician, especially, everybody's got their style, you know, like we're all obviously coming from evidence-based frameworks, uh, but everybody's got their style and their niche and things that they do and the things that really set them on fire um, that make them, you know, <sighs> Like it's got to be your thing, like your client group, your, um, you know, presentation staff, you know, your uh, evidence-based frameworks that you're working from, it's got to fit you. And there's so many options. So it's really cool to see that there's more coming about in the animal space. There was nothing. very exciting. (laughs) And so when you say a bit different from Therapy Dogs Australia, what do you mean, Sam? So uh, this is our little sort of sister company, I think you'd call it. Um, so the equine stuff is going to be under the banner Wild at Heart Horses. Uh, we're going to be a little bit of a collection of sort of things. So <laughs> everything that I do that will be uh, equine training, professional development or whatever, Um is going to be under that banner. So mm. Wild Hard Horses has got its own website now and Instagram. So uh, if you want to see what we're up to, it's wildathardhorses.com.au. But there's links and stuff from the Therapy Dogs website so that you can really easily find what is in available, what is available in the horse space, equine space. So um, Wild Hard Horses came about because um well should I talk should I talk a little bit about firm yes (laughs) so if you've been following the Instagram while at heart wild at heart Instagram um Fern has been the star of the show at the moment because she's a new Brumby that when when did you bring her bring her on Sam about just so two weeks ago yesterday yeah so it's very fresh yeah so we've been very lucky for those who've been following along to to watch it from the start to watch this sort of journey from the start it's pretty exciting Um, so backstory so max was telling me um you know because we've been talking about wild at heart for a little bit um and she's like you you should make an instagram for it and i was like nah 
can't be bothered. <laughs> just subtly pushing it. Just can't be bothered, Max. It's a full-time job updating. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> so actually my so my own Instagram, I um started documenting my Brumbies when I got my first Brumby, which is just over two years ago. Um so I did a camp and I'll talk about more about the Brumby project, but I did a camp with her and um, she's just, just a showstopper. She's just phenomenal. She's just the coolest, coolest name? winter. Winter. Yeah. Yeah. Coolest, coolest, coolest story and horse and all that sort of stuff. So I started documenting um, from the camp. So I did like a real, like, um, I just, like I like a vlog, like I video diaried it the whole time. So everyone I know was like following me on this 10 day camp and was like, it's edge of your seat stuff. Like it's so good. It's yeah. So fun. Like a Brumby yeah. camp is life changing. And I, as I said, I'll talk more about the Brumby project, but um, when people horse, my horsey friends and my non-horsey friends just so invested in winter um and then she was pregnant so I got home and it was like oh she's pregnant so then we had this whole maternity thing and I hired a midwife it was a whole thing um and people were just fixated on like mm. it's just so it's so invested a, in the journey so, so cool yeah. it's a really cool story and that sort of thing um so I've been posting stuff about Brumbies and their transition to domestic life and things like that from then um, because people were interested and I was, you know, felt the key, keeping everyone up to date with the story and blah, blah, blah. So she had the foal, his name's Thunderstorm. Uh, and then it must have been a year later, I was like, we were going up. <laughs> so it was a camp on and it was on in like four days. And I was like, Anna, I'm coming to the camp. She was like, okay. And I'm like, I'm only going to bring a Brumby home if it's, right you know like I might just fence it but I'm just I'm gonna go to I love Brumby camp right had best time of my life and changes your life like best friends you make absolutely amazing friends there like just yeah so like friends that are gonna be lifers you know mm. so um I'm like nah I'm taking a week off work I'm going to Brumby camp went to Brumby camp we did the walk you do this walk around the yards and you're like she was like you know talks you through who the horses are and all that sort of stuff and I was like all right, well, I'll take that one and that one. <laughs> <laughs> All the horse people out there will be like, yep, that's what happens. That is exactly what happens. <laughs> I, nearly, I nearly brought three puppies home on the weekend because um, we're oh at our friend's, house, <laughs> our friend's house and they had these three Kelpie dogs and they were like, yeah, they're looking for homes. And I was like, I'll buy all three of them. Like and they're like, yeah, five hundred bucks each. And I was like, yeah, I'll have three dogs, like for sure. These puppies are so cute. It took everything I had to be like, no, don't you don't so need they're, they're proper cattle dogs, like they're proper. They've been trained, mm. like their parents are proper working farm dogs and stuff. I was like, they're so cute though. Don't put those three cattle dogs in car. And my partner is the worst enabler ever. <laughs> like you know how people are always like complaining, like their partners are like they have to hide their new animals yes. from their partners and stuff. I'm like, babe, should should I take those three puppies home? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-oh, who's the adult? Ah. <laughs> I don't know how to navigate this. <laughs> Which is actually what happened when Fern came home too. It was the exact same story. I was like, should we take this Brumby home? He was like, yeah. And I was like, uh-oh. 
So you and I should not be okay. left alone together. <laughs> so um, we, I went to this camp and got these two brumbies and yeah, awesome. Like, and they, so their names are Dingo and Summer. And so that was a year ago now. So um, there's, there's, there was four brumbies in the herd ranging from, so winter was 11 when she was trapped and transitioned. So from that time, then her foal. So her foal was a brumby, mm-hmm. but he was obviously born in domestication. Mm-hmm. So from that time, um, I've been, you know, really learning horses, like really learning, which is why I wanted to get a brumby. So I just wanted to go back to the beginning and go like, so how for me to really sort of understand working with horses, riding horses, that sort of stuff, I wanted to go back to the very beginning and go like, so how, what do they know and how do you teach it to them so that I could understand like what aids and I was giving the horses and what, you know, I was using to communicate with the horses, like how come that's what they understand? Like Mm. how come, how come? you give those aids and how come you do X, Y, Z. Really breaking it down. Yes. Like start me from the beginning. But the cool thing about Brumbies, A, they're wild and it's fun. B, because she gets a little hairy at times. So it's fun. (laughs) So keeps you on your toes. (laughs) Yeah. And camp's fun because like, you know, there's like 10 people and 10 horses. So you're just sitting around all day watching people in the round yard and it's just a fun time. So, um, and I have, so I've learned from the beginning, like this is how this works. But I knew that from winter to thunderstorm, like they were so different. And I was like, okay, so it's the same, 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 but different. And then went and got dingo in summer and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, so you, you learnt your skill, but you're now generalizing it to a mm. different horse. Uh, which needs to be done because just like we say with dogs, train the dog mm-hmm. in front of you, train the horse in front of you. So throughout that process um, of, you know, you're doing so horse the wild. So, you know, first touches, first time wearing a halter, first time feeling any lead pressure, you're teaching them to lead, tie up, back up, like all everything, pick up their feet, everything. So, and, you know, you're doing that early on. So they're, um, there's a, it's a lot. There's a lot going on for the horse and there's a lot going on for you. So I started seeing, okay, so this is the horsemanship side. Great. And I've got uh, amazing trainers. So I've still work with um, Anna from the Brumby Project. Um, my amazing trainer who also happens to now be my neighbor, who is TJ Equine. Um, and I use uh, Donald from Hancock Horsemanship a lot as well. So who have all become great friends and you know, that sort of stuff. So those uh, horsemanship skills are really, it's cool when they start, you, you're starting to generalize now because you're like, mm. okay, so working across these, and I've got two domestic horses and a miniature horse as well, which I haven't used any training skills on apparently. So, you know, she's <laughs> <laughs> immune. So um, <laughs> any miniature horse trainers out there, hit me up. So, so when you, you know, start doing that, yep, cool. You're learning these skills, that sort of stuff. But then I start to see, okay, so I can see the practical side of this skill and I can see how this is working for the horse. I now have a herd of horses um, at my house. So 
Um, watching her dynamics is like my favorite thing in the world. So I also now understand how, and that thing about social, the thing about Brumbies is that they've got really good social skills. So mm. um, yeah, so it's, well, Brumbies that were wild living have got excellent social skills. So you're watching genuine her dynamics. You're not watching. Oh, that must be fascinating. Yeah, it is. Mm. You're not watching seven horses from seven different domestic backgrounds that have lived with, you know, other dickhead horses that have done stupid stuff and they've learnt bad things um, or they haven't had the right things nurtured. Uh, They are proper, like proper social skills from wild living horses. So it's so cool to watch and watching winter raise her foal um without that like human intervention and you know she was wild for 11 years raising foals out in the middle of the Carnarvon gorges she knew what she was doing so watching her raise like her birth with him was fascinating fascinating like ah I was very lucky to be there she was lucky I was there too actually in the end but um the the actual first moments unbelievable like unbelievable and everything she's taught him along the way just incredible to watch Mm. and I really respect her now have you watched um Vikings of Valhalla no I I've seen the other the the show that was before that Vikings Vikings. but not not the the newer one I've watched them in opposite order accidentally because I didn't know what they were so I'm watching Vikings now, but I watched Vikings of Valhalla a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, there's this um, girl in it called Freydis mm-hmm. and she's um, the keeper of the old, she's the keeper of the faith, um, but she's like the keeper of the faith, the keeper of the old ways sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And since watching that, I've been like, oh, that's winter. She's the, she's our keeper of the old ways. Aww. Because she lived in the wild for 11 years mm. so she's she, she's she's teaching she's set yeah <laughs> in the old ways so which has been awesome and she's cool and you can do whatever you want with her but within reason but um she's been really um instrumental in raising those other brumbies so her foal thunderstorm she has taught him proper social skills and Mm. dingo was two when he came home she has taught him proper social skills summer was one when she came home winter has taught her proper social skills so we have like the bridge almost i'm saying she's the keeper of the old ways yeah i love it so yeah uh, yeah like she just she does so much more for me than just be my horse like she's just incredible like she's a little bit small for me um and people are like oh you're gonna you know like sell her or rehome or whatever I'm like as if she she does so yeah. much more here than what you think horses are for like she's astounding absolutely mm. astounding so um watching her dynamics and things like that it all you know started to inform you know, my horsemanship and then, um, yeah, bringing, bringing home wild horses and then learning to gentle them or, um, transition them to domestic life and things like that. All the practical stuff. Cool. Yep. Um, but the theory being a psychologist and already an animal assistant therapist and things like that, and already an educator in the space too, 
you know, the brain's ticking over all the time of like, oh yeah, so that's why this works. Like, so I've got all these like concepts, you know, psychological concepts that are, um, that we get from, you know, behavior theory and stuff like that, um, that apply. So I'm like, oh, these all make sense. Like this, yeah, this is all making sense. This is all fitting mm-hmm. together. This is all really cool. But that's the framework that I come from, from my equine assisted therapy sessions as well. So if anyone doesn't know yet, I work with, I'm a psychologist uh, and I've been working with my dogs for, I've been doing canine assisted therapy for about 10 or 11 years now. Uh, and I've been doing equine stuff for about five years, four or five years. So uh, I work primarily with young people. So kids and teens on the autism spectrum, ADHD, other you know neurodivergent population, uh, and also depression, anxiety, stuff like that. But primarily ASD. Uh, and I primarily use um, CBT. It's my favorite modality. So, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, which is just a, if anyone doesn't know what it is, it's just a very evidence-based therapeutic modality. I love it. I really like it. So it works really well with animal-assisted therapy with the population that I work with, which is primarily ASD. So um I then go like, oh, okay, so I can see these concepts that are working, you know, with handling these horses and da-da-da. So then the clients start working with these Brumbies. And so, like, winter was first. So winter was cool because she was in the paddock. She was wild as. When was, did, when was this? This would have been two years ago when I brought her home. Yeah. I was at a different property to this. I had to buy a bigger house because I she had a baby <laughs> I was like, <laughs> the family is expanding we actually don't fit on this property anymore thanks for that um so she was in the she was in a, like a different paddock but my clients would like walk past there and stuff and it was this really cool special time of like obviously she's wild still even after the camp like and she's pregnant so she's not a therapy horse um, but people were just so fixated on her uh, and wanting to help her and wanting her to accept them and things like that. And over time, she did. Like we would, I would let clients stand at the fence um, and she would come over to them. Like she wow. would just come over to them and they would pat her and things like that. And I would just be like gobsmacked, like mm-hmm. she what like she and she was very much brumbies when they first um when you first gentle them they're very much a one person horse so you actually have to work really hard at socializing trust yeah Yeah, to other people people. yeah yeah it is not instant you've got to work them up to it so um which you know is a generalization of stuff and so even that as a concept is like something that a lot of my clients experience and have to work through too so from the very beginning, like Winter's obsessed with children. Like she loves kids. Aww. It didn't take long before every time I had kids, you know, we. so I had this other arena like at the sort of back of the property and her paddock was on the side so that we'd like walk down this sort of walkway, laneway sort of situation past her paddock. Every time she'd be at the fence like. Ready hey to guys. say hello. Yep. Yeah. And we never fed her. Like, you know, I didn't get people to feed her or anything. Like she just would come over for the pats and things like that. How long did that sort of happen? So when you got her, you got her about two years ago. Was it? It was before she foaled. So I brought her home. I think it was like around about the 20th of August. 
Oh no, it must've been the end of August. And she fell down on the 27th of October. Oh, so, so that was quite soon after you got her that she really was quick. approaching. Yes. Oh my goodness. Really quick. So she was already getting pats at the fence mm. before she fell down. Wow. So it was within that. It was really quick. And she was heavily pregnant. She got so big. I, that's, I had to pull the foal out of her because it got stuck. That's how big this foal got. It was ridiculous. I don't know who the stallion was, but it was a unit. But anyway, he's still in the wild. So <laughs> he's in the Carnarvon Rangers. If anyone wants a really nice big horse, he's out there somewhere. <laughs> so he throws a nice foal. I'll tell you that right now. I reckon he must have warm blood in him. Like, but judging by this foal, this foal's stunning. Stunning. No. So um the trajectory of that was so she fold down, she rewilded, so she went foal proud. Like from the moment she got up, so she laid down with the foal for a long time, um, which was really it was so beautiful, it was lovely. And then she got up, he got up, and it was on. I was behind the panels. Like she was, I know I was with her every day, touching her belly, listening to her belly, like doing all that stuff. Um like a real just sad obsessed horse person but anyway (laughs) (laughs) I was obsessed so um she rewilded went foal proud was a whole thing I had to reinforce all the panels so when you say when you say foal proud you mean she just got protective yeah 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 um couldn't touch her again for a month she would not let me touch her okay yeah it took two weeks for her to let me sort of just let me pat the baby. I was like sneaking lots of pats before that. So, <laughs> but she would get upset mm. and come and she would come and collect him. So she would, yeah, she, but the, it was only the first couple of days. She was really sort of at the panels, but she never hit them or anything. But I was like, whoa, like, whoa, yeah, I reinforced them all. So obviously during that time, you know, and I just explained that to people, like, because obviously people were still coming on the property and stuff. Just explain that to people, like, she's that's her instinct, and everyone was like, so just made sense, like, of course she doesn't understand, like, she doesn't know. Yeah, it's probably a ninth fold in her life. Yeah, yeah. Like she's and so in the wild, um, like another stallion. If another stallion comes along to a band of mares, uh, with a stallion, the stallions will fight over the mares, um, and if the new stallion wins the fight he will kill all of the foals in the band okay because they're not his foals okay and that does things like then he impregnates the mares or brings them back into season you know like that sort of stuff it's just how it works so which is well documented it's pretty savage um but that's what yeah it's pretty brutal yeah yeah and so the mums are protective like they you know they try and protect their foals so she's just, you know, she's only she's only been out of the wild for two months and she'd been in the wild for 11 years. So, you know. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward. It didn't take long and, like, people are patting the foal through the fence and pat back. winter's back to getting pats and stuff like that. It took me a bit to get her back through to um, feeling comfortable again. Um, bit of time, but then she was good. And she's been sweet ever since. So she... At this, like I said, I had to move. And then at this property, um, she's just obsessed, man. Like she loves the therapy paddock. It's her favorite thing, being oh. in the therapy paddock. She's what, does always, she, what does she do when she when she gets in the, the paddock? She, whoever the person is, so as soon as I bring someone in, she sniffs them all over and then she shares breath with them, which is how they communicate who you are sort of thing. Um, and then she, you know, accepts them into her, her herd. 
and follows them around for the rest of the time. <laughs> and if we go and if I'm doing like sort of a camp, bit of a counseling sort of talking session, um, we'll sit in, on our chairs in the shade and she comes and stands over people in the shade. So much so that if that's not what I'm hoping for in the session, like if I'm trying to do a session that doesn't include that, she can't be in there. You can't have her in there. She just uh, will guaranteed she will guaranteed. she will be doing that. Yeah. 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 So if I let her in, that's what's happening. Um, but the problem is she's the leader of our herd. So once she's over with someone, the other horses can't approach because she's there. So she's that's her spot and they can't come and take her spot so if I want the client to interact with a different horse because I think that horse is what's going to bring out this goal that I'm working towards because you choose your horses based on their personality and predictive behaviors and things like that and what the client's goals for that session are if it's not going to be like if winter's whole thing isn't going to work for what I'm trying to achieve um she can't be in there mm. Yeah. So then she stands at the fence. <laughs> What's wrong with this picture? Why, why am Let I me in? <laughs> you better come over here and pat me. She stands at the fence and then, yeah, you have to go and pat her. Heaps of time. So, like, the Brumbies will follow. Like, so they'll stand, stand with my clients and follow them around and stuff. Um, but it, sometimes it makes it hard for them to leave because the Brumbies mm. follow them up to the gate. Aww. as they're leaving and so it would be to, so hard to leave it's really hard because they've spent all this really like lovely time together so I have to allow a bit more time when we're leaving to say a proper goodbye like a proper transition goodbye because it's so yeah. special yeah super special so um which is behaviors like some domestic horses would be like that but you know generally speaking they're sort of a little bit more indifferent when people are around they're like oh yeah whatever cool some of them are still like fairly curious and playful, but a lot of them sort of aren't. Mm. Horses that I've worked with or seen worked with. Anyway, so, um, which is probably good for a different sort of therapy type, you know, like if you're doing more like observational stuff or whatever, that's probably. Yeah, well, like you say, based on the goal. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. that goal is. Yeah. Yeah. And your therapeutic style. So if you prefer to do whatever style um, and that works better for your style then you should work with those horses um my horses might be a real pain in the ass for some people and their style because they're just in your face the whole time like they're just following you around and yeah <laughs> trying to get pats playing with everything in the paddock, <laughs> clinging lots to of stuff very clingy sooky cuddly mm. horses so um when you're working with winter so <clears throat> People that knew her at the camp are like, they you know, so surprised that she's like that. But she's a real nurturer. So um, I've noticed that she's re- she really is very nurturing and she just, she loves kids. And if I take her for a trail ride, um, we have a trail that comes out of the bucket back of the property. If I take, and it's like a quite a popular uh, walkway. It's a circuit. So people walk on it and stuff. Um, if we come across a group of people on the trail, she's, we're not, we can't go past these people until they pat me. Oh, so, <laughs> always on a normal horse, so reinforcing just walking past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's like beelining for <laughs> groups of families, groups of people. Two years out of the world, groups Amazing. of people, 
And they're just losing their minds because she's so pretty. She's beautiful gray, flea bitten gray. She's so pretty and she's walking straight over to them and she's like muzzling into them and all this sort of nonsense. Anyone. So it doesn't have to, it can be a group of family. It can be someone on their own. It can be someone running past. It can be um, people with disabilities that are moving differently and making different noises. She's straight over there. Hello. Someone with a dog. She doesn't care. She likes dogs. So she's straight over. Dog's (laughs) freaking out. Some horse is coming to get it. Dog be freaking out. She's like, hello, human. I can see your dog's upset. Can I have a bat? <laughs> it's constant. But I just let her do it because she's a therapy horse. So Yeah, she's an initiator. Like what she's you were talking about. Yeah, with, with dogs. Yeah. yeah it's exactly. Good... It's exactly. Mm. Well, it's hard to get an initiator. So mm. if you've got an initiator, you want to reinforce that naturally occurring personality trait. Um, even though like your more sort of traditional horse training might be like, well, why is she deciding where you're going? Um, with winter, I'm a bit more of a co-pilot with winter. Um, I don't, I'm a bit more of a co-pilot sort of situation. Uh, we sort of work together on things, um, which was what works best for her Mm. being that she was, so she was the lead mayor of her band as well. So lead mayor wild for 11 years. So you know, we um, adjusted a few things to be able to get as far as we are, which is pretty far. Um, she's pretty amazing. So she sounds amazing. Yeah, we co-pilot. Uh, and like I said, she's worth so much more to me than a ridden horse. Like she's that was just a bonus. Um, when she when we found out how old she was from the wild, we we're like, oh, she might not be able to be a ridden horse because they get to a certain age and it's not really possible because they're set in their ways. You know. So um, do you think that cool. um her background as a wild horse, the Brumby, has given her, I mean, this is an obvious yes, but um, given her some really beautiful skills and intuition that maybe a horse that um, was born domesticated wouldn't have? Like- so what I don't, what I don't know is, so are Brumbies better so they're not genetically different to domestic horses. Mm. So they're just domestic horses just that got wild, wild however long yeah. ago, you know, and they're descended from, they've just been wild living. Um, What I think it is, is more so, is that they are a blank slate. So when you get a domestic horse that's like 12 years old, horses aren't like dogs. They've That horse has probably had five or six owners. So, and you don't know what they taught them or how they communicated with them or how good their horsemanship skills were, you know, if they were treated well, what herd living arrangements did they live in? Were they bullied? Were they a bully? You know, you you don't know the history of horses when you buy them. No one does like ever know the history of horses mostly when you buy them. Um, Unless you buy like a yearling from a fancy stud or whatever, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you might find a horse that someone bred it and trained it or whatever. Um, but even like it's very common for horses to go to trainers. So a horse, you'll get a horse and if you've got like a young horse, they turn two, three or four or whatever you choose, but they go to a trainer to get broken in. So you have to choose your trainer effectively and then they go to the trainer for like four to six weeks, 10 weeks, whatever you pay for. And the trainer breaks them in for you and then you take them home and ride them and they're supposed to have their quote-unquote buttons on them so 
you don't die trying to train a horse, trying to break in a horse. Okay. It's going to be dangerous. There's yeah. a lot of skill involved as well. My horses haven't gone to a trainer. I've trained them. So, and I've had trainers come and train them with me, uh, but they're a blank slate. So what that means is that when you get them from the wild, they don't have any preconceived mm, knowledge. Okay. They don't have any preconceived anything. All they know is how to be a wild horse. And so as long as you can understand what being a wild horse is, then you can understand your Brumby because it's wild. So uh, herd dynamics in the wild. So the trapper um, will give us information about, you know, what bands they were in and, and what their sort of positions were and stuff. So sometimes, so like I know Winter was the lead mare in her band because I know that from when she was trapped because um, I got her from the people who trapped her. So um, when they are trapped, what their herd standing was can have an impact. So if you've got a stallion um, who's a bit aged and has had to fight a lot to keep his mares, you can expect a fight from him. Yeah, okay. You know, like, so not, and you won't always get that, but you can. The mares that are a bit aged, so I've got a bit of age on them, so they might be, you know, six, seven, getting to that sort of age, you can expect she is smart smarter than you and she's quicker than you so <laughs> so she's had to so the mares have got really like very developed social skills so when they're just so intelligent so if you don't they'll try and put it over you and they learn what you're up to real quick when you're trying to gentle <laughs> them as well so you got to be like a step ahead um and they'll put it on like they'll be like they they won't make it easy for you Whereas like your yearlings and two-year-olds, they're just babies. And so they're like, hello, like you pattern them within a day. Like they're just, they're curious. That curiosity that they have um, generates that bravery and resilience. So they like, they're used to things being new, but they're also used to being told what to do. Okay. So the older herd members have been using pressure and release to tell those babies what they should and shouldn't be doing since I was born. They haven't been telling anyone else yet. So when you come along and you start telling them, okay, well, this is a rope. And so when I go this way, you go that way. And they're like, okay, hello. Because that's what they're used to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a much yeah. easier transition for a younger horse. Whereas Winter was the lead mare, so she was telling everybody what to do apart from her stallion, but her stallion, stallions usually just follow the mares. So um, she was like, no one's obviously telling me what to do. And I was like, I know you haven't met humans before. <laughs> I know this is new. Uh, but that's why, so we work together. So she's the one that's got, um, I talk about this a lot in my Brumby submission, which I'll mention before we finish up, but um, she's a stock cue. So whenever she's overwhelmed, it's too much, da, 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 she uh, waves her foot. It's a stop cue and it just means she needs a break and so she gets a break, it's just things like that. Um, and we work off of a trade agreement um, all the time because there's going to be something in it for her and then there's something in it for me. And she looks after me. Like she's really, she's, you know, she fires up from time to time, um, but she very she absolutely looks after me like she's Aww. very very there's a lot of trust and that's what you'll have with a brumby you get a you know lots of trust especially if you gentle them from the start so yeah there's those her dynamics can definitely make an impact 
Um, but I think the most important thing is how they're transitioned. So how are they transitioned from being wild living to being domestic living? The biggest problem that I can foresee is that people will accidentally shut them down. So shutting them down, learned helplessness, just teaching them that you're in control completely and they've got no choices and things like that. That is not the way to train any animal. Um, so if they get shut down, that's what the problem with a lot of domestic horses is. So that's why I think we aren't getting things like initiation and stuff like that out of domestic horses is because they are quite shut down. Um, when, yeah, like a like like it's just a typical riding horse. That's pretty easy to end up with a fairly shut down horse in just a mm. typical riding horse. Or they've been, so they've either been shut down. Shutting them down can happen from like things like inconsistent handling um, and things like force. So like some breakers and stuff, like they'll do things like to get them used to weight in the saddle before they get on, they'll tie bags of heavy stuff like sand or whatever to them and then just let them buck and then just let them stand in the round yard for ages to get used to the, the weight but it's things like that where there's no release in the pressure. So it's just hard to communicate to the horse when they've done the right thing. Is that kind of nothing... flooding for yeah. the dogs? Yeah. And it works. Like yeah. it's, it works. It's just an old cowboy way of sort of doing stuff. If anyone's listening to this and they do that sort of stuff, it's, you know, I know that it works. But um, in terms of the horse moving forward, so what what we talk about heaps at Therapy Dogs Australia is making sure that we don't train the personalities out of our dogs. And I think that largely that's what's happened with horses is that they've had their personalities trained out of them, which if you're trying to um, train a safe riding mount, probably not that bad of an idea, honestly. Like it's probably not that bad of a... Winter has so many ideas and she has so much personality and I have to account for that. <laughs> yeah, and you couldn't just pop anyone on her and... No, absolutely yeah. not. She's not ready for another rider yet. She's lead-lined one kid around, which was fine, but she's not ready for another rider yet. I've learned that the hard way. <laughs> anyway, so uh, when you... It's horses for courses, so I'm not here to comment on what everyone else does with their own horses that are for their own purposes. I'm just talking about what I do with these horses. For animal-assisted. Yes. Yeah, yeah. equine-assisted therapy. Groundwork. So I only do groundwork. So I'm not doing ridden work with these horses. Um, so it's different. So if you if someone else has got to, you know, get a horse ready for, like, unbalanced, inexperienced riders, I don't know what you should do to prepare that horse. I have no idea. I'm not a horse trainer. So um, I don't do ridden stuff. I can hardly ride to save my own life so it's not that's not my area so <laughs> my area is the ground stuff so when you're preparing these horses for um, animal assisted equine assisted therapy groundwork settings the personality is so important like mm. it's really important that that per that horse is an individual um, because those personality traits that's what you're going to be trying to find in your client so you either want the personality traits to be aligned or misaligned because that's the easiest way to see them is if they're aligned or misaligned because then they're related somehow. So like the same or opposite personality mm. trait. So, for example, um, <laughs> Thunderstorm is two now, two and a bit. And, um, oh, my goodness, if a horse had ADHD, <laughs> it would be him. <laughs> really? He's such a pain. He's a pest. <laughs> 
he's a pest. He's just a pest to everyone. Like he's just, he's a ten- he has to be constantly stimulated. So if anyone else mm-hmm. got ADHD brain, that's seeking for stimulation all the time. Um, and his attention span is like two and a half seconds maximum. So whenever I get anyone to do anything with him, like I really like putting my ADHD kids with him, um, the ones that they don't have that insight yet around, you know, their attention span and seeking stimulation, impulsivity and stuff like that. So this is in trouble all the time, but they can't understand why they're in trouble all the time. Because they're not frustrating stage. So frustrating. And they, I mean, really, they're not actually doing anything wrong. They're just doing things that don't fit for that setting right now. Mm. Um, And for whatever reason, the person who's in charge of that setting doesn't have the capacity or want or have know how or whatever to change the environment to make it more productive environment for that specific kid. So whatever. So anyway, I put I'll put an ADHD kid with Thunderstorm and it is so funny. They're like, always, they're like, just, just stand still. You just, you need to concentrate, concentrate on what you're doing. What are you doing? You just stand still. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You just need to focus for five seconds. Like it's so funny. They're verbalizing all this stuff. Um, and it's really cool and how I would then um, get help them to guide them to process and reflect on that would be depending on the individual child so Mm. it might be the case that you're like "Mm, was that a bit frustrating was it you know like because maybe they're causing a lot of frustration in uh, like so some of my kids are not like they know they're ADHD but they just think too bad everyone like (laughs) yeah I'm just going to keep doing whatever I feel like doing at the moment because mm. it's actually hard to regulate yourself and blah, 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 blah. So then, you know, I might be helping them understand um, what other people's experience of them is, you know, like it's you got frustrated pretty quickly with Thunderstorm, you know, like can you see how people can sometimes get frustrated, you know, wouldn't it have been nice if you could at least try and stand still? for longer than three seconds you know <laughs> or i'll put them yeah they put them with another horse that's got a slower engine speed and mm. you know they're like oh this is nice <laughs> be dingo. but things like that so like you if i uh if my horses were primarily for myself and you know ridden career stuff or whatever uh you'd probably want to train that out of him pretty quick so (laughs) building up his um patience and stuff like that which we do work on because it is annoying but um ultimately like I don't want him to be a different personality trait because that personality trait is pretty handy for Mm. me in a lot of sessions because I work with a lot of ADHD or parents that have got ADHD kids you know so it's really um, important that we're not training our horse's personality out of them because that's, if you're doing, you know, econ-assisted therapy in the context that I'm doing in a similar context, you're going to want it. You yeah, know? and you're going to, the training is going to differ for yes. their job, for horses their role. Horses for exactly the same with dogs. Yeah. Like we say to people mm. constantly, like we don't, we're not training pet dogs here. Like I know some of this stuff's annoying or whatever or blah, 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 but uh, these aren't pet dogs. These are therapy dogs. So that's why we're doing it this way because 
you know, over the last 10 years of working with kids in therapy with dogs, this is what I think has been the most useful, which has been things like the dog's um, natural personality traits and stuff like that being nurtured. So same with horses. It's, a, it's I mean, it's like similar but different. But, um, yeah, just know that there might be people listening who are thinking like, uh, that's going to be very annoying for you with this attention span. Actually, um, side note, started uh, Thunderstorm Under Saddle in November. I just did like two weeks and then he's been bushed again. Um, perfect. Perfect. Really? I, thought I, was, I thought he was going to yeet me. Oh my goodness. Uh, into the clouds because he's just so playful. He's yeah. so play. He just runs around and bucks just for fun. And I was like, here we go. Like, here we go. <laughs> I'm getting deeted. Um, perfect angel. Wow. Lunge roller on for the first time. No reaction. Perfect. Saddle on for the first time. No reaction. Perfect. There's probably raining. so much trust there as well. Just, yeah, because it's pulled him out yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. But absolutely like so he did i think about five or six rides or something like that six or seven rides or something like that um you just do them really short because they're still growing you know so uh we're chasing the big hoof ball around the arena you know, like big soccer hooks yes soccer ball. Oh, i love chasing watching the big ball love around the that. arena um doing like guys getting ponied you get ponied along getting ponied along by another horse and things like that took him out on two trails short little trail rides, things like Good that. I, I took him out for a little trail ride with his mum. Oh, that's Bless. cute. We rode them both out. It's really cute. Um, Yeah, legend, absolute legend. And actually the reason I chose to start him because I've got two two-year-olds, chose him to start with is because I think he was looking for something to do. Yeah. Like, and I think he's getting to learn. And... Yep. Yeah. Hassling everybody else in the paddock trying to get him to play with him all the time. You know, he's he's got a new scratch on him every day from someone telling him they don't, they don't want to play anymore. So, and he lives with another two-year-old and a three-year-old. Like they play with him a lot. He's still, <laughs> still gets to that point. That. Yeah. 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 He needs to be busy. So, and I like, honestly, after um that couple of weeks, he has, he's matured. I put him in with Fern. He's the first horse I put him with Fern and he has matured so much. Very proud of him. He's a good little boy still still himself still we've still got we've still got little thunderstorm <laughs> temperament and personality um but he is a he's a good little boy to have around but he's durable for fern who's brand brand new brand brand new yeah mm. so um on to fern uh so these four brumbies that i've already got just amazing right just beautiful to work with just so cool so these horses are amazing uh I think I've transitioned them correctly using uh the horsemanship that I've learned but also the psychology behind why those horsemanship techniques work um and also the psychology behind transitioning and how that can be stressful uh and things like that so you know uh understanding things like graded exposure you know, dealing with anxiety, stuff like that, mm. um, socialization, desensitization, that sort of stuff. Um, so now I've got these beautiful brubbies, right? Aww. So they're cool. Love them heaps. Um, and I went to, I hang out at Brumby camp all the time. So I hang around the Brumby project constantly. So uh, <laughs> I don't get invited anymore and just show up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hanging around the Brumby camp. They had a uh, come and try camp a couple of weeks ago my baby it's three weeks ago now so um 
Anna started doing these come and try camp things and they're so cool because it's, so we've got Brumbies there of different levels. So this, like she had two little freshies in, brand new freshie wildies. And then a couple of various, like a handful of Brumbies that were at various levels of handling um, so that people could come along and see like, so what, what is a fresh wild one and how do you work them? And then how do you work through the steps of, they go all the way through to first ride and stuff like that. So um, all the handling, tying up, floating, all that sort of stuff. So really, really cool. Um, and I was down there, I was just hanging out and sort of watching over the yards and stuff like that. And I'm watching people work with this, one of this, this fresh little filly out of the wild. And I was like, damn, she's cool. Like I was helping people. She caught with your eye. She caught me. <laughs> you know, I didn't work her at all. Um, I was, you know, helping other people work her, but you know every time someone had a session with her I was like she's that was cool she's cool like there was a couple of things about her that I really noted and I thought man she would be a great therapy horse like what she'd sort of be... things were like as an example yeah so noticing curiosity is a big one uh because I think it makes it easier to build resilience in them because they're interested in stuff her bounce back time was really fast so like she'd get stressed and then she'd calm down again really quickly uh, which is a welfare consideration for transitioning um that she can handle she you know she gets stressed but she can calm down from that really quickly uh she had no fight so she's a flight and freeze she's a bit of a freezer um and a flight thing so we got to be really careful of the freeze that we don't accidentally think we're training her and she's actually in a freeze and she's not letting anything and she's going to explode in a second um oh okay that's what okay yeah, yeah so i like, wasn't sure like, what you meant like when a, you said freeze yeah like a deer in headlights sort of freeze. yeah okay sometimes people accidentally mistake that for accepting this um that the horse is now accepting me doing this to it but actually it's shut down and it's frozen in fear and then it just will snap and explode. That's really dangerous for you and the horse. And obviously it's not very nice for a horse. So that's why I have to grade things and yeah, anyway, it's a whole thing. So um, she was, she re- re- good recovery time. She was really present. Like, so sometimes like I've seen some Brumbies, they're just checked out. Like they're looking out the yard, you know, like they, they're not interested in people. They don't want to, be there like they would need a lot more time so some of them will come around um for sure but they will need heaps more time so and time's effort and money and all that sort of stuff of course yeah yep so and space you need space for them which is what I don't have so she just showed me all these little things and people were having these sessions with her and she was really cool and I was like man she's cool and my partner was there and he had a session or two with her and it's like damn it she's so cool and I was like oh, maybe we should ask Anna if we can foster her and see like the first know, step take her home foster? with us <laughs> I know it's such a huge joke everyone. <laughs> yeah. everyone was like as if so I was like oh we take her home and then like you know my partner's learning Brumbies now so um you know it's a good fresh one for him to practice on and We'll just, you know, take her out of Anna's yard so she's got one less mouth to feed as well. 
Um, she can come here. I've got a paddock that I can put her in. Um, but I can't have another horse. I've got seven horses of my own. Um, and now there's eight horses here. So really can't have another horse. So, you know, um, she has to be a foster. But then I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, let's, let's like start her, like, and see how she goes. So anyway, it's horse home. And she's just so cool. She's so cool. Like, just amazing. I had to move her out. Of the, I had her in the round yard. You're supposed to have them in panels and stuff when you get them home because she can't lead or anything yet. She's had like hardly any handling. She didn't have a halter on. Yeah, she's fresh. No. Yeah, she hadn't had a halter on yet. We'd made a war bridle um, out of the lead rope, but no halter. But anyway, so um, like I had to lead her out of the round yard. Her first leading session was me by myself leading her out of the round yard into a paddock because there's this bloody heat wave in southeast mm. Queensland at the moment and it had rained. She's in the round yard. There's not enough shade, almost no shade, like for most of the day, no shade. Uh, and the sand and rubber around the round yard, it was like a sauna. And I was oh, like, she's, been, yeah, no, too hot. She, can't, she can't stay yeah. here. Like, yeah. no. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm just gonna put her in this other paddock, <laughs> see what happens. She handled it like a champ. She got away from me at one point because all the other horses come running up the hill. I was like, here we go. And she, you know, she ran off and she recovered really quick. She stopped and she recovered and she learned how to lead in that one session. Like, just crazy. Just they're so smart. Anyway, it was a bit of a schmozzle, but she's in there now. She's, it's all good. I'm going to get her back out of there now, but we can do leading. We've done leading training while she's in there. <laughs> but anyway, so um, actually while she's still in the radio, so from the get-go, like all my clients that I see that are equine therapy clients, they know the horses are Brumbies and all that sort of thing. And they're like, who's that? I'm like, well, that's Fern. She's new Brumby. She's foster Brumby. And they're like, I want to pat her. Yeah. And I'm like, exciting we can try <laughs> <laughs> so for context I've been um so for the last two years I've been not only handling my Brumby but I've been handling Brumbies so I'm not new to Brumbies in any case I've got four Brumbies of my own but I've been doing a lot of stuff with a lot of Brumbies and you know helping other people do stuff with their brumbies and stuff as well so i'm not saying that this is a good idea for everybody but um i'd well and truly uh i'd already done about three or four sessions with her since getting her home so i let this uh client of mine into the round yard and we did the approach and retreat little dance that you do when you're trying to pat a wild horse and she got to pat her and it was very special deal. oh very very special since then, I think she's done another three or four client interactions. Uh, every client that I've had, these are kids, every client that I've had. So, and the other ones have been in the big paddock. So she's in like a two acre paddock um, now. So, which that's why you shouldn't really put them in there because it's really hard to catch a wild yeah. horse in a two acre paddock. <laughs> it's not made out of panels. It's like <laughs> just normal fencing. So, um, but every, every kid, has been able to pat her wow. get up to her and pat her and she has just been phenomenal like she's it's not easy to get in and pat her like she doesn't you know she walk she'll just walk off she doesn't run off now um she hasn't run off on any of my kids i think because she can just walk off like <laughs> we're not faster than her <laughs> and we don't chase her when she walks off because then she'll run off so 
anyway, we've had this really cool moments and these really cool session learnings about things like the rest and digest versus fight, flight, freeze stuff. We've had uh, trust exercise stuff, um, you know, get like, uh, so like lowering your body position and your tone of voice and increasing your space from someone when they're overwhelmed to build trust mm. um, or maintain their trust rather than when she's uncomfortable watching her body language you know, she's uncomfortable are you going to keep going and doing the thing that's making her uncomfortable or are you going to give her a break wait until she's more comfortable and then try again you know like it's that sh- like trust stuff um and things like what do we do uh like great so graded exposure stuff um and you know that also had a message about making an effort you know like Mm. fern would like to just do what's easy which is to just keep taking a step or two away from you every time you look like you're going to approach um but she's not going to learn anything that was she's going to stay just as wild and scared forever if she does that she's not actually that scared like she's had heaps of packs do you know what I mean like she's not actually that scared so really cool um messages and things around graded exposure but also um expectations of fern just like we should have expectations of ourselves as well you know are we going to stay in this place where we are at the moment or are we going to challenge ourselves and Mm. gradually work towards um you know being able to do more making our world bigger those kinds of things when you get a brumby there's heaps of husbandry they need heaps of husbandry um so you things that you don't think of like so rain scold or like all this heat that we've had like i had to get in and brush her give her a proper brush all over on sunday morning um because the horses are covered in sweat like they're covered in salty sweat oh yeah yeah it's making their coats like not matted but like you know how they get like stiff yeah and now we've now we're sweating underneath that so we've got our skin is now getting gonna get bacteria basically what well, can it's just staying moist yes yeah yeah yeah, so the horses are all getting either hosed or brushed or whatever yeah. um, to try and stop that from happening because this time last year we had rain scold, uh, which we couldn't avoid, and it was a nightmare, a mm. husbandry nightmare. I almost need to quit my job so I could be a full-time horse washer. Ridiculous. But anyway, so the, this year we've got sweat, so I'm trying to keep everybody brushed or hosed or whatever. So anyway, things like that, like for their husbandry, you've got to worm them. Like you have to worm them. They're full of worms. There's you won't put any condition on them until you worm them. They're full of worms. Um, she's probably pregnant as well. She's from the wild, so she's probably pregnant. So when you um get them home, you do actually have to, as much as you know, the idea of wild horses is lovely and all that sort of stuff. Um, they're not well. So, you know, feet, worms, skin, all that sort of stuff needs to be done. Uh, we want to get it done fairly quickly, getting them eating and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, even if we're talking about uh, self-care in terms of, I'm talking about a client, 
goal, you know? So yes, like yeah. if we're talking about challenging Fern, well, these are some of the things that we would be challenging her to be able to do. So like a worm is uh, squirted in horses' mouths. So um, we need to obviously have a halter on her and she needs to understand some, have some concept of pressure, uh, release of pressure and like tie up sort of stuff and have my fingers already in her mouth and have something put in her mouth, you know? So it's things like Huge that. Huge amount that you, of steps there. Heaps of steps. Yeah. Um, But the motivation is that she's full of worms, which is really bad for her, but she doesn't know that. So she doesn't know she's full of worms. She doesn't know why we're doing all this stuff to her. She's just like, stop it. Um, Whereas, you know, so some teenagers are like that too or teenagers. Exactly. Yeah. They don't know why we're like, brush your hair, brush your teeth, <laughs> go to school. Like, you know, they don't know. Clean your room, that sort of stuff. They don't know why we are making them do that stuff. They don't know that it's because when they're adults, they actually need to just have those two basic independent skills. They don't know that. So so do you it. find yourself um, incorporating those actual activities when yes. there's a client? Okay, yes. yeah. So yeah. there are so many things that you can do with a a brand new Brumby. Yes. Um, I wouldn't worm a brand new Brumby um, with a client because that can take a long time unless I've fully prepared the Brumby because uh, there's a fair bit of preparation that goes into it. So, you know, I wouldn't want to, um, you know, some, it's not, that's someone's session. So we, we don't want to have a whole session taken up with like a worming situation. Mm. Um, but like something that I've already wormed and I know, how it's going to go like I've like winters down to like a minute and a half or something two minutes maybe for her worming I know I'm going to get it in two minutes because I've done it heaps of times I know I'm going to get it in that just take me 15 minutes 25 minutes uh but now it's two minutes things like that so you know like those kinds of things but I do absolutely incorporate husbandry into um especially like nurturing stuff so dingo's got um mud fever uh i've got a dam and he likes to go in there he's got some kind of rank mud fevery scab thing on his leg on his back legs at the moment um which is fine it's just a skin thing you just gotta clean it and put stuff on it but the kids depending on the client what the goals are blah 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 um can find that really fulfilling like mm. to be able to care for them and things like that those kinds of things are the sorts of things that I tend to choose because they're not, uh, that's not traumatizing. So I don't want to involve a client in something with a horse that can potentially be quite upsetting, um, like a big injury or something like that. Um, something that the horse might not be okay from, you know, I wouldn't expose clients to that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but those like everyday husbandry things, like I've got, um, kids that's really struggle with self-care and you know I've had them wash horses and stuff before so that they can really understand like why why we're washing this horse and feels good to look after them and all that sort of stuff and you know actually feels good to look after yourself too we just start to make those sorts of connections you know it's really beautiful how you can have a horse a brumby for two weeks and still just in those two weeks be able to incorporate clients with certain goals. Um, Big time. Yeah, it's really lovely. Like, you know, I think when you when I hear about 
when you first started talking about Brumbies with me, there's such a general sort of narrative where, oh, well, then it would take a long time to get them to the stage where, you know, you can touch that, like I, just with my very yeah. limited knowledge, but it's yeah. just really beautiful how you can take them through all those stages yes, um, and incorporate yeah. it into equine assisted therapy. And some are, some, some do need a lot of time. Like some mm. of them need to be let down in paddocks. So they need to be um, left, you know, like they need to, yeah, like they just, lots of Brumbies rewild when you take them home. Um, if you don't work with them regularly, they will rewild. So, you know, if I just left Fern out there and didn't do anything with her for two weeks, then it would be a lot harder for me to catch her whereas like I can catch her now and put a halter in the paddock but if I left it for two weeks it would be much more difficult they do rewild pretty quickly um so you do have to put a fair bit of time and effort into them if you're getting one that's unhandled you do Mm. um I can leave winter for six weeks and go and catch her like she doesn't you know all, all those other brumbies they're fine um once you've got your strong foundations you know but, but it um, is beautiful that you can still find a way to incorporate it into um, appropriately into sessions with clients. So I spoke like to Anna. Stage. I spoke to Anna. I was like, I think the, this fostering program is going to work out really well for me. <laughs> like, this is great. Like, you know, so especially because I spend so much time around there anyway. If I, you know, we want to find Fern a home. I want to mm. find her a therapy home. I think she's going to be a fantastic therapy pony. She's already a fantastic therapy pony, but I think she's going to continue to grow into a really, really cool therapy pony. But those traits that I um, mentioned earlier about why I chose her, though she has those traits, you know, like that's, I really like that stuff about her. And I think she's got really cool potential. Um, I'm happy to train her up and see how she goes. She can go to a non-therapy home if that's going to be a good home for her. But I think that she would make a really, really cool addition to someone's therapy mm. team. Um you know, I want people to be able to work with Brumbies the same way I'm working with them because it's pretty special. It's pretty, pretty special. Um, and they can be super versatile. Like I ride my horses as well, my Brumbies as well. Um, so I expect, and I'm like, man, I like this because I can't have any more horses. I can't keep another horse, you know, like I've just got too many horses already. So does every horse person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys feel attacked out there. I see you. So... <laughs> Um, and I want to, you know, like I, I wanted to keep her because she's really cool. Um, I think she's really special, but if I keep her, I should rehome another one of my horses and I'm not in a position where I want to do that. So, um, you know, I love them. Even my, I've got two oldies, I've got two 24 year olds. So, you know, I'm not going to keep Fern. I'm going to find her a home. And then when she gets a home, I'm going to you know, find another one to foster as well Mm. and try and find these Brumbies. They deserve good homes. They really, really deserve good homes. So I want to try and help, you know, especially because I am in a position where I don't have to just take some random Brumby off Gumtree and hope for the best. Like I know these Brumbies. I know where they were trapped. I know who trapped them. I know how they were trapped. I know, um, and I get, we'll get to see their personalities and things like that before, uh, you know, I'll be able to select them and stuff like that. And if we can start to um, get the, a, a therapy home is a fantastic home for a Brumby. They thrive in those homes. They're so, so stimulating. So cool. It's such a cool, they love it. Like they, mm. yeah, they're at liberty most of the time, you know, 
or they're just doing like stuff that's easy for horses or getting looked after like getting pampered and groomed and stuff you know like it's a great outcome for a horse to be in a therapy home groundwork therapy home so if you want to know more about the brumbies um my brumbies in particular that sort of stuff um on the wild at heart horses website or on our therapy dogs website if you go to courses and see the equine assisted tab both it's on both websites now so you can find it easily there's a link to the submission that i made to the animal therapies limited advisory board animal assistance services whatever advisory board um asking them to amend change whatever their code of conduct which does state not to work with wild bought domesticated horses at this point where we're recording it they uh conferences in two weeks i think we'll find out then what's happening with that um so if you're interested then you can go and uh look at that so that submission i put into a webinar so i will talk through the whole thing um about what the case of brumbies is in this country so i go through you know what happens to brumbies in this country uh which isn't they're not great outcomes um so this is you know why we're trying to rehome them um, and why I'm trying to find them good homes. And there's some research. I cover some research in there as well about, you know, early training of horses and stuff like that and, um, you know, animal welfare stuff, the five freedoms and things like that and the impact of uh, animal welfare or like uh, meeting a horse's needs and what impact that has on their training and stuff like that. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, um, you can jump on, that's free. So you can jump on there and have a look at that. Uh, if you're interested in um, the Brumby Project, so the Brumby Project is in, I think it's the Sunshine Coast. See a gimpy. I think it's the Sunshine Coast. So it's up our way in Queensland. Um, Amamore is the suburb, if you want to type that into your maps. But uh, thebrumbyproject.com.au, I think jump on their Instagram, jump on their website. If you want to start your own Brumby, um, have a look on there. Those camps are life-changing. Uh, you will not regret it. So they're 10, they've got 10-day camps, but they've also got introductory camps as well where you can go and do like three or four days or something and, you know, see what it's like to handle a wild horse um, and see what the process is and all those sorts of things. It's very challenging but very very rewarding super cool thing to do um so there's the Brumby project and we've got so the wild heart horses website um we are going to have webinars on there they're not on there yet because i have not edited them and recorded them um but i will but there'll be an introductory webinar on there as well which will be a more generalized uh equine assisted therapy content it's not all Brumby, 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 if you're not interested in Brumbies. Um, there's like general stuff in there. Um, but there's also we are putting on our first face-to-face -face equine assisted therapy training workshop. Which is very exciting. It's very exciting. So I'm in Upper Caboolture, so it'll be here. Uh, we will be working with Brumbies, my Brumbies that are already handled. 
Um, we might have Fern here as well. She'll be handled by then. It's the 29th and 30th of April and the 1st of May. So that's Labor Day in Queensland. So it's a long weekend in Queensland. Um, we will be covering, so primarily counsellors, um, psychologists, social workers, whatever, people that are using CBT, because that's my favourite modality. So we're primarily going to be doing CBT stuff, um, incorporating horses into CBT and things like that. However, if you're from a different discipline or you use a different modality, you're welcome to come along um, as long as you're happy to explain your discipline and modality to me at the beginning um, and then I'll help you incorporate equines into your modality and your discipline and within your scope of practice. That's the way that uh, animal therapies work is that you're including you're already working underneath your framework. So your existing scope of practice, that's what you're working under. You're already using your evidence-based therapies and things like that. And then we are going to incorporate horses into those wherever possible. Also, we'll talk about things like client selection and stuff like that because we don't want to be working with clients with horses if there's no reason to. That's a bit of an ethical dilemma. So we want to make sure that we're not um, trying to do stuff like that when it's not necessary. Um, we're going to be doing heaps of horsemanship. So, uh, TJ Equine Tamara is going to be there and she's going to take us through, um, some really cool exercises to make sure that we're our horse handlings up to scratch before we let you go. And we're going to do role plays and stuff like that before we let you go and work with horses. We'll make sure that we are communicating with the horses effectively and things like that that's an animal welfare issue. So, you know, as much as I want you to improve your horse handling skills, um, I want everyone to all the time. I am all the time. Uh, it's also an animal welfare issue. So we can't expect horses or dogs or whatever animal to um, be happy and healthy and things like that. If we're miscommunicating with them constantly, then it's going to be confused and scared, frustrated. So uh, we are definitely including that stuff into the workshop because it is a core value of mine and I think it's really important and I think you will really enjoy it. Uh, the other thing is that I will be teaching you how to get to know your horse. So we're going to be doing some of so that. interesting. It's cool. Mm. Yeah, really cool. There's a couple of ways that we can guide, um, you know, people talk about connection and all that sort of stuff, but I'll be more so more of a... <laughs> Um, guided sort of process of of understanding that sort of stuff it's not going to be like a therapy retreat for yourself you might really really enjoy it but it's not like one of those um, horse retreat things that's supposed to be a therapy retreat we're not doing that we're learning some skills so but to do that um, I'll need you to learn a little bit about the horses and how to learn about horses and stuff like that uh, and you can do as much self-discovery along the way as you want to, but it's not mandatory. So it may happen if you are into that sort of stuff, that's fine. I'm into that stuff too, but um, it's not mandatory. It's not a requirement. You can also just come and learn the skills. That's totally fine. <laughs> so that's coming up. When What month are we in? February. So you can purchase that workshop uh through the therapy dogs australia um equine assisted tab yes is that correct yes so yeah, you can find all the information everywhere. yeah that you need on um wild at horses 
Um, but to actually purchase it, you need to go to Therapy Dogs Australia. Yes. Tab. Yeah. But the Wild Heart Horses website will send you back there. That's because it's just a new website and it's not set up properly yet. But yeah, yeah it'll just send you straight back to Therapy Dogs Australia. But you go, if you guys are listening to this and you know that obviously it's all connected, um, that'll yes. just be mostly confusing for people that don't understand why that's connected. <laughs> I have written it on there. <laughs> yes. <but> yeah. <laughs> I did write it on there, but it's people don't always read all of your website. Um, if you've got any questions, um, just use my therapy dogs email, sam at therapydog.com.au um, about, you know, the workshop and whether or not it's suitable. It's heaps of information on the website if you're interested. If you're interested in adopting a Brumby for your therapy herd, let me know. Um, Fern might be suitable for you or, you know, we can work together with you to help you find a Brumby that is suitable. You can't take a Brumby home if you're not experienced in working with wild horses. Um, they're even a little bit different to working with just unhandled domestic horses. So, uh, you know, that's a bit of a barrier. But if you're interested, you can do a Brumby camp camp or I can work with you and we can um, get your horse started for you. So it's safe for you to have them at your house without them running through fences and doing things like that because they don't understand what's going on because they mm. need to be supported throughout their transition. Hmm. Amazing. Cool. Oh. I'm really excited. I'm pretty excited. I really, this is, it's just fun. This is a really fun thing. I'm really passionate about it. Um, the equine stuff is cool. It's not going to replace canine stuff. Uh, they're, totally different yeah there's a place for for everything yeah 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 Mm. yeah they're totally different um there's similarities and there's a lot of differences and you know even within my own scope of practice I I work with my dogs and I work with my horses uh and they're totally different so you know there's different outcomes but there's some really really cool and exciting stuff happening working with horses and there's some awesome stuff happening working with dogs so if you even if you're just interested, if you're just interested in learning about um working with horses and stuff, you know, not don't have a herd of horses, you're not particularly interested in doing it for yourself, you're welcome to come to the workshop. It's fun. It's it's really fun. Um, or if it's something that you think is a goal for you, maybe in the future, maybe you don't have a property yet or whatever, and maybe you might be gonna get into it, absolutely get in touch. Um you don't need prior horse handling experience, however. Be aware. So this is just a three-day workshop. It's not going to replace, if you're not already a horse person um, who's got pretty good horsemanship skills, this will not replace that for you. You're not going to learn how to handle horses in three days um, to to an extent where you would then be able to handle horses in a therapy setting um, because there's a lot going on in a therapy setting. So just make sure that you're aware so you can adjust your expectations. This would be... It's sort of, it's almost, it, it would either serve as an introductory workshop, so people that are interested in learning more and starting the journey, or a professional development workshop for people who are already on an equine therapy journey and are just looking to diversify their skills and see what other people are doing and stuff like that. It's more so those bookends. The meaty stuff, it would be a much longer, there are a couple of other courses around that are a lot longer. You would need something a lot longer um to if you want to be able to be the horse person in the um in an equine therapy setting sorry that's my words there for a second um but if you were going to work with someone else who is a horse person 
um, then you could start. This would probably give you, and you already got a really solid foundation, foundational knowledge in your scope of practice, so a CBT or whatever it is that you're doing, then this would give you enough to be able to start um, designing interventions and session plans and stuff like that uh, whilst working with an equine specialist in your team. Does that make mm. sense, Max? Mm-hmm. It does, yeah. Okay, Yeah. cool. Right. Yeah. It's a bit more sort of involved, like the dog stuff, we just do the whole thing, you know, like we've got so much, we just do the whole thing um, from start to finish, from your puppy all the way through. So, uh, but this is a little bit different. So I just want to make sure people are aware. But if you've got any questions, you're not sure, just email me. I'm more yeah. than happy to yeah, answer exactly. anyone's questions. Yeah. And watch this space. Get on the Instagram. Go and see what Bernie's up to. I call it really <laughs> Ferdinand, Fernando. I've just got heaps of nicknames for her now. <laughs> She's so cute. She's probably she pregnant. Very cute. She's probably gonna. I'm probably gonna go outside. And she's gonna have a foal. Um. So that'll be a whole thing, a whole other thing that will happen. Well, that that will because winter was the first for you. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was a huge night. Massive. So that happens again. <laughs> yeah, how excited a story I am about to tell. That. <laughs> so you know, we'll just see what happens. But you know, if you're gonna get a filly out of the wild, it's probably pregnant. Filly yes. or a mare out of the wild is probably pregnant. Um, but you know, that's okay. They make beautiful little babies as long mm. as everybody's happy and healthy. Usually they are. So as long as everyone's happy and healthy. But it's another. It's another. Um, you're on the clock because you need to get that mare handled uh, before she goes into labour just in case it doesn't go to plan and you got to get in there and help, um, which I did have to do with Winter. So she went foal proud after that, which was annoying and inconvenient, um, but luckily it didn't. At least, yeah, it was after. Yeah, thunderstorm was fine. Um, but, yeah, get them as handled as possible. Hmm. Lots of work to do. Amazing, Sam. Mm. So exciting this year. Got Yay. A lot of exciting things. All right, we have so much more to talk to you guys about, but we'll leave it at that for now yeah. for, what, for um, Wild at Heart Horses. Uh, so consider yourselves informed um, when you start seeing that name popping up. Uh, you and know follow, what, follow the Instagram too. Follow the Insta so you can see Ferdinand. And we'll see you soon. Let yes. us know what you want in terms of content as well. So... Um, if there's something that you're really particularly interested in learning about, let me know. Thanks, Sam. To make it. Thanks, Max. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in studying with Therapy Dogs Australia or you have a few more questions before deciding, please get in touch with us by emailing courses at therapydog.com.au or visiting our website at www.therapydog.com.au for more information and FAQs.